a red heifer update, Canadian truckers, Gog and Magog, famines and pestilence, an ID4D report of a paradigm shift in digital IDs, and President Biden's LGBTQ-driven agenda in his State of the Union speech. We'll analyze these events from a prophetic perspective on today's edition of End of the Age. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. My question to you today is, are we in the end time? Absolutely. Let me give you a a red heifer update. Now, many of you know, I've mentioned it uh, here recently over the last, I think, couple months, back in November, that... They, were, they have been trying, really, Israel has, to get a red heifer for the purification sacrifice in order to purify Israel, the citizens of Israel who have been in contact with a dead body, so they can resume the sacrifices in the third temple like they did in the Old Testament. They need a red heifer to be able to do that. Since the nation of Israel came back together in 1948, they have been trying to get uh, a red heifer for decades now. We have been aware of several of those efforts. My father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, worked, uh, knew about the uh, and reported on Clyde Lott, uh, a, a Mississippi uh, cattle um, raiser who owned a ranch over there who was working with the Temple Institute to tr- try to crossbreed different cows and get a a true red heifer. It did not come to fruition. Then Melody was born up in northern Israel years ago, and they thought, hey, this might be the one. She was a red heifer. Ended up getting some uh, red hair or uh, black or white hairs that crossed, and she ended up not being able to be the one. Then over a couple years ago, Israel developed, or several years ago, Israel developed a specific ranch devoted to getting a red heifer. But they, a couple years ago, they thought they had a couple of them, and they ended up getting, uh, one of them ended up, some of the red hairs weren't red enough, they said, and real light color, and then some of them were white and black. They developed red hair, or black and white hairs, so they said, hey, these aren't the ones. We'll have to check them at a later time. A friend of mine, uh, I, I, I should say a new acquaintance, friend now, uh, a guy named Byron Stinson, was doing some construction projects over in Israel, and they asked him, hey, you're from Texas, the land of cattle, and why don't you see if you can find some red heifers? And he said, well, I'm a construction guy. I've never, I don't know anything about cattle. And they said, well, why don't you just try? So he said, well, whatever, I'll try. Came over here, sent some emails out, sent some pamphlets out, and some ranchers contacted him and said, hey, we may have some red heifers. So they went around, started checking. Some of them didn't have, but 
Uh, and they sent um, some Israel, uh, some rabbis, a, a delegation over here, checked a bunch of red heifers, and now they believe that they have 21 qualified red heifers. I went and saw one of those in Carrollton, Texas on November 21. Yesterday, well, they called me early last week and said, hey, they have, these red heifers have now been approved by the nation of Israel to be able to be shipped. They had to be so old and qualify and be tested. Um, and yesterday, down here south of Rockwall, Texas, I went and saw 14 of those red heifers. And they, I saw several of them with the RFID chips put in their neck right behind their ear. I think it was two inches behind the left ear that they could read with a scanner. The number comes up of that particular one. They were tested and a lot of different things before they can go to Israel. But they're, the four, I think four of them were getting ready to be shipped. And so you say, well, hey, maybe one of these 21 could be the red heifer that they need. There's two things they need before they can build the third temple. They'll need some kind of an arrangement on the temple mount. That, and the Bible says there's going to be one. Uh, Revelation chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. There's going to be a sharing arrangement up there, a peace agreement that allows them to build their third temple, and they need a red heifer. So possibly one of these red heifers could be the one that we saw yesterday. I took lots of pictures. There, were, there was uh, rabbis there. I mean, it was a big deal. And so who knows what's going to happen? Could one of these be the red heifer? I do not know that. There is a good possibility. And so we will see what happens. Uh, there were many people there, and they were... Um, getting ready to ship these to Israel. So that's the red heifer update that I have for you at this point. I'm in close contact with them. I know them, and they are. They seem to be, everything seems to be very legit. Now, um, I'm, I, and I'm following it closely. Am I saying that one of these is the red heifer? No, I am not. I'm telling you there's a potential for that. Just like my father-in-law did with Clyde Lott and them. He was following everything, then it didn't come to fruition. This may not either, but they're, they were following, they were trying to create a red heifer back then. These guys have 21 already rabbi approved qualified red heifers. Now, they're a few months old, just like the ones that were in the ranch in Israel. They would have to get up to a year and, or two years and one month old into the third year. So that'd be another year and a half or so, maybe a little more than that. They would have to stay completely red all the way to that time to be qualified for the original purification sacrifice. So that we've got a little while here. We'll have to see how everything goes. But I'm friends with the people that are over this. And uh, I've made, we've made great acquaintances. And, um, so, and then I, I met the rabbis and everything. So everything seems legit. Maybe one of these will be the one. I don't know. But I know that it's time for all of this to happen on God's prophetic time clock. So I will keep you up to date on what's going on with the these new red heifer developments. Now, I'm going to cover a lot of things on today's program. We're going to be talking about, you know, potential Gog and Magog war, the um, President Biden's State of the Union speech last night and pushing his LGBTQ agenda, a lot of different things. And we'll be talking about a a huge increase in the global push for a, a digital ID, moving people off of that cashless society onto digital ID, to be able to control people, uh, definitely a precursor to the soon coming Mark of the Beast. And so, 
as we go along, I know I'm coming up to a break here, and I don't want to cut all one of these things in half, but uh, I want to make sure that you guys know where we're at, what's going on, what people are talking about, and answering the question throughout today's program. Are we in the end time? If they could get a red heifer and start building the third temple, I'm telling you, folks, most people I know understand that we're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So things are happening, and it's happening at a very rapid pace. And so I want to keep you abreast of the situation, what's going on. And so throughout the rest of the program, I'm just going to give you proof after proof how we know that we are living in the end time. And so that way you can prepare yourself for the soon coming of Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. So we're answering the question, are we in the end time? I saw in, many people are talking about this, but I saw in the a major Israeli news source today, the Jerusalem Post, the question, has the Gog and Magog war begun? And I think Pat Robertson and some other people were speculating and talking about Ezekiel 38 and could this be the Gog and Magog war that's happening with Russia and Ukraine and different things. And we know Russia is going to be involved in that, so I kind of understand why they might be speculating about that. But the answer to the Jerusalem Post from somebody who understands prophecy is no. This is not the Gog and Magog War, the Ezekiel 38 and 39 Gog and Magog War. And that's mentioned in Ezekiel 38 and 39. That is the Battle of Armageddon. 
And we know, if you understand the timelines and prophecy and everything, that we're at least seven years away from that. If you understand the timelines, the final seven-year period, Daniel's 70th week, begins with a peace agreement that starts the, that um, has the five, with the five biblical characteristics. That peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians that would start the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ and the Battle of Armageddon. The last half of that, the last three and a half years, is the Great Tribulation. So the Battle of Armageddon, Ezekiel 38 and 39, Zechariah chapter 12, 13 and 14, Revelation 16 and 19, that all occurs at the, after the Great Tribulation. So we're at least seven years. We're not even into Daniel's 70th week yet. We're just, in my opinion, we're just prior to that, but we haven't started Daniel's 70th week yet. The Abraham Accords didn't start it. None of the Oslo Peace Accords, the, none of the rest of them. Uh, the Y River Accords, they didn't have the characteristics of the peace agreement that starts the final seven years. So we know the Ezekiel 38 war. I just saw this today in Jerusalem Post. No, we have not started the Ezekiel 38-39 war. That's the, the Battle of Gog and Magog. That's the Battle of Armageddon. The, the, and the Battle of Armageddon, that war is mentioned many times in, throughout Scripture with the most detailed account found in Revelation 16 and 19. Now, some people are saying, well, there are two Gog and Magog wars. Gog and Magog mentioned in these final end-time battles. Yeah, that's absolutely true. There is the Battle of Gog and Magog, which is the Battle of Armageddon, which occurs after the tribulation at the second coming of Jesus Christ and when the wrath of God is poured out. The wrath of God, uh, the wrath um, vials number two through seven are poured out upon the armies that come down to Israel to battle against Israel. And that's why we don't want to be part of the world government and be part of one of those armies, right? God's going to destroy most of them. So don't want to be part of that. But the second time Gog and Magog is mentioned in Revelation Chapter 20, after the 1,000-year millennial reign, when Satan is loosed to go out and deceive the nations again, Gog and Magog is specifically mentioned to bring them to battle against Jerusalem, to battle God Almighty. There's no battle at that point. The Bible says, it says it brings them down to battle, but God has established His kingdom here on the earth at that point. The Bible says God simply consumes them with the fire from heaven. Okay? They're not fighting a physical army at this point. They're battling God Almighty. And that's, I mean, that's frivolous nonsense. <clears throat> but they're going to be deceived in their mind by Satan. God's going to consume them with a fire from heaven. That's Revelation 20. So they are mentioned. The last war on earth is the Battle of Armageddon at the end of the Great Tribulation period. So you can see that, but, but with this, people knowing that we're in the end time and having a surface knowledge of Bible prophecy, they're speculating that this battle between Russia and Ukraine could be, and possibly Belarus coming in and everything that's going on with Europe, that this could be the Battle of Armageddon. Ezekiel 38 and 39. This is not that battle, okay? The Battle of Armageddon, another way I know that is because the Battle of Armageddon will be localized right there in the nation of Israel. The battle is engaged in the plain of Megiddo. Yes, 
the sixth vial, the Bible says the, the river Euphrates is dried up to make way for the kings of the east to come down against Israel to battle. But the battle is not engaged until they enter into Israel in the north. That's when Israel will engage the fight. And then they'll come down the Jordan Valley and end up in the Kidron Valley right there between the Temple Mount and the Mount of Olives. The battle is not engaged up at the Euphrates River. Okay? So, just want to kind of clear up a few misconceptions, things flying around the news, people speculating all kinds of stuff. If you stick straight with the Bible and understand all the accounts of this battle and the wrath of God and what happens, then it helps to really clear up some of these things. And I think what I may do, I've got a couple articles I run to write. I thought about in the May, June issue, or the, um, what would it be, the July, August issue of End Time Magazine, writing an article about all the future wars that are coming and how we know where they're going to be and what's going to happen and uh, where they're located in the Scripture and that way to kind of finally settle this thing uh, because they are just, they're scattered throughout the Bible. And the Bible says line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Well, when you tie everything in together, you create this big picture and it looks awesome. But if you don't tie everything in together, then you'll just speculate and, you know, you kind of get it... Um, misinterpret things sometimes. So, let me switch gears here and get on to another topic. <clears throat> you understand that, my, my, again, my question today, are we living in the end time? This is proofs I'm giving you. The month of February, think about that. We saw a major uprising against totalitarianism around the world, beginning with the, the truck drivers in Canada. Now, totalitarianism, when you think of, in the end time, some of the most ominous prophecies happen because of a despot, a, the worst despot or the worst world leader, this globalist, this antichrist figure that will come on the scene. But it's all about control. So when we see totalitarianism, control, um, communism being forced on people, Control. Think about that. When I say totalitarianism, think about controlling methods. Well, these Canadian truckers, they were fighting against that, right? They, they protested in Ottawa calling for this health care freedom and to end the overreaching government COVID mandates. And, of course, what happens? All these 18-wheelers, they go up in there and uh, they cram up in the streets of, in, the, in the bridges and the highways of Ottawa and the protests sparked changes in COVID policy around Canada and the world. And now, of course, convoys in Europe and the United States, they're, they're threatening to follow this. There's one building in the United States threatening to follow the same strategy and to blockade major cities and ports until COVID restrictions are totally lifted in their state and nation and we get back to the way it was. I don't know if we'll ever get back to the way it was. Um, but get rid of these crazy, crazy COVID mandates and things like that. Meanwhile, I'm just giving you a, are we in the end time? Just what's going on in the world? Just look at the world, global situation. Meanwhile, we're witnessing collusion and, and government corruption at an unprecedented level. That may be the driving force, uh, one of them, behind 
Uh, And I say one of them behind Russia and Ukraine and why the United States is not going in there and just hammer down on them. Uh, Maybe maybe Vladimir Putin has something on um, Joe Biden and his underhanded dealings in Ukraine with his son Hunter. And he actually mentioned that we're going to go after the oligarchs and different people in Russia. And I thought, that's kind of, that, that's, a, I mean, <laughs> put yourself in there with them, you know. Uh, but actually, anyway, in, um, in Canada, they're uh, big tech. And the Canadian Prime Minister, uh, Justin Trudeau, he labeled the truckers as a terrorist group. Okay? And they just wanted to protest for freedom. In, back in mid-February, uh, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, he invoked the Emergencies Act for the first time in Canadian history. Now, that, that's, super, that's way to the super extreme. And that same week, police began handing out notices warning demonstrators to leave, potentially face arrest, or committing a criminal offense by blocking the streets. And at the same time, the big tech company GoFundMe pulled the plug on $10 million in donations that the convoy had set up to pay for fuel, food, lodging, and a lot of different things. And Justin Trudeau, his, the, the Justin Trudeau's government froze bank accounts, suspended the vehicle insurance of truckers who continued to form these blockades. Back on, um, I think it was Friday, I think it was a February 18th, Canadian police began arresting protesters in the capital. And this was not communist China, folks. This was Canada, just north of us here. I mean, it's hitting close to home, isn't it? Why is this important? Well, I'm answering the question, are we in the end times? And this is a glimpse of the type of the means governments in the future will use to stop behavior that diverges from their policies. Think about this. These actions revealed to the world the desires of many totalitarian politicians disguised as progressive and liberal democracies. And think about this. Controlling bank accounts, threatening loss of licensing and insurance, and stopping free speech. I mean, this was not freedom. This is totalitarian control, and we should not be surprised as it increases in the last days. The Bible tells us these things are going to happen. Um, Revelation 13, 16 says the future world governing leader, the Antichrist, and his partner, the false prophet, the Bible says, and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. That's all going to be economic sanctioning to get people to bow to the edicts of the Antichrist and the one world governing body. Many would say, well, I would never take the mark of the beast. And I hope you don't. But it is, the Bible says everyone will worship the Antichrist whose name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's good to remember that Satan is the master of deception. He, he, he uses tactics and strategies to deceive people. He will use those tactics in, in to get people to taking the mark of the beast. That's why you better understand prophecy. You better be watching. You better be knowing what's going on. And remember that Jesus repeatedly warns in Matthew 24, Do not be deceived. 
He knew. He's prophesying to us, the last day generation. We do not believe that the vaccine, the vaccine mandates are the mark of the beast. I've been asked that a million times. No, I do not believe that. But it is important to see the foundation that is being laid for the future one world government and the extreme lengths that governments are willing to take. Freezing bank accounts. Think about that. The extreme lengths that these governments are willing to take, even in 2022, to implement their authority. Now, think about Russia, Ukraine. Again, are we in the end time? Well, the Ukraine invasion by Russia obviously took place at the end of last week, Thursday morning. Ukraine has been valiantly defending their country from the Russian bear. But again, I'm asking the question here. I'm giving you several points to let you know we're in the end time. Are we in the end time? I want you to consider something that not many people are talking about. Ukraine is known as the breadbasket of Europe. Many nations, many foreign nations, rely on its exports to feed their people. A problem that is very concerning for nations in the Middle East, especially since the other largest wheat supplier to the region is, you guessed it, Russia. From uh, 2020 to 2021, countries in the Middle East are Ukraine's third largest wheat purchaser. More than 40% of the Ukraine's wheat exports went to the Middle East or Africa alone. Uh, Lebanon, Libya, and Egypt are the biggest consumers in the region, and then Yemen and Syria rely on the global nonprofits um, purchasing of Ukraine wheat for their aid. So a long-term shortage caused by military con- a military conflict, think about what's going on in Ukraine. The farmers aren't thinking about going out and farming fields. They're worried about staying alive. But think about a long-term shortage caused by this military conflict. I mean, we're coming into spring now, and this is when many farmers would be plowing and preparing to plant their crops, right? But they're not going to be thinking anything about that. But this long-term shortage caused by this military conflict between, these, between Russia and Ukraine could worsen an already grim food supply uh, issue in some of the Middle Eastern countries. According to a 2020 um, UN report, nearly 69 million people in uh, the Middle East and North Africa are malnourished already. Well, imagine... If the, plate, the main place they're getting their, their wheat and their grain from produces none, or there's a huge shortage, you can only imagine the devastation of that. Well, this is going right along the Bible, Bible prophecy that Jesus prophesied about. And we'll continue to talk about it on the other side of the break. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, End-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, part two. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Think about the potential of a massive famine. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Maybe they'll get this thing resolved. The farmers will plant their wheat and everything's good. But Barnes and Dacey, the director of the Middle East and North American Food Program, said that when current needs are already going unmet, it's hard to imagine that you'll be able to secure this massive new push needed to meet the new needs with this, there, people are wondering about this conflict that's going on between Russia and Ukraine. And he, they, they, he was noting that the region's most volatile states might not even find it within the, the realm of possibility to acquire, acquire supplementary food sources if this conflict continues. Disruptions to key ports in the Black Sea, which borders both Russia and Ukraine, as well as a rise in energy costs, could compound the situation. I mean, the region specifically will be a major casualty of a potential conflict um, of the, uh, of, with, between the Russia and the World Food Program. Um, the spokesperson for the Middle East, Abir Atefa, said that wheat would be the most severely impacted commodity. So these people, they're not worried about electricity. and th- They just want something to eat. And th- this is where they get most of the, some of their most of their grain, and now there's a conflict where people are trying to just it's going to be war torn. And again, they're going. It looks like they're going to go maybe back into another peace negotiation. The first one meant it come to nothing, and so I don't know. It's something we'll have to watch. But if you remember, back in Matthew 24, when the disciples of Jesus asked asked the Lord, they said, "Tell us." When shall these things be, and what will be the sign of, the com- of thy coming and of the end of the world, or the end of this age? It's where we're at right now, folks. Jesus responded by saying, nation will rise. Here's what you're going to see. Jesus was saying, here's what you're going to see in the end time. Nation's going to rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, or pandemics, and earthquakes in diverse places. So, Kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation. Are we seeing that? Are we seeing the potential for huge famines? 
the potential for pestilence or pandemics? Are we seeing that nowadays, folks? And, you know, looking back at the last two years, from the COVID to now this potential, this um, famine because of this military conflict with Russia and her allies, and these things Jesus prophesied appear to be in our news every day, don't they? But some would still say, well, you know, I don't know if we're in the end time or not. These are 2,000 to 2,500 year old prophecies. The red heifer, all these different things. And I'm walking right down through here and it's in our news every day, folks. That's why it's important to understand the Bible prophecies, understand the timelines, know where we're at, because it puts a sense of urgency in me. I'm starting a big... um, Bible study here at the End Time Television Studios tomorrow night, starting at 7 o'clock. I've got the Pete Santilli interview from uh, 6 to 7. I'll be running down here. We'll be starting the Bible study. Uh, if you'd like to join me, RSVP, drobbins at endtime.com. You can come join the Bible study. I, don't, I, I would tell you I, we'd, I don't have child care. I know it's an adult Bible study. I know a lot of people, uh, we've tried that over the years and it never worked out. So um, I apologize for that. But I mean, if you'd, if you'd like to show up for a good end time Bible study and I'll be giving you updates, possibly teaching some of it. We'll be watching some DVDs. It'll be awesome. Starts tomorrow night here at the end time headquarters. RSVP, drobbins at endtime.com. Because things, p- folks, people, these things are happening so fast that you need to understand this stuff so you can help prepare yourself for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, it is absolutely important that we pay attention to these signs. Pray for peace. and You should be on your knees praying daily. Have a daily relationship with the Lord. If He speaks to you to do something, do it. We're going to have to be led by the Spirit as we go throughout here. The Bible says, They that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Now, I'm not talking about doing things weird and, you know, the Lord told me to go, you know, buy a new car and drive to California. I'm talking about being led by the Spirit of God and how you lead your life and what you're doing, preparing yourselves and your family for the soon return of Jesus Christ. If the Lord's talking to you to do something about drawing closer to Him, uh, things leading you to salvation, many different things. Get a hold of a pastor, a preacher, a teacher, that can, a Bible teacher that can help you with your spiritual growth in preparing you for the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's why it is imperative that you become part of a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, that you become part of Bible studies where people can help teach you Scripture because that's our ticket out of here. The Bible has the words to eternal life. What do I have to do to get out of here? There is a way, the Bible teaches us a way for you to live your life. Things to do, things not to do, so that I know when that trumpet sounds, my feet leave the ground. Are you prepared for that? Now, there may be a time when we get further off into this that I can say, hey, here's how to prepare some things physically. Uh, you know, at this point, you know, I, maybe it probably wouldn't hurt to maybe store up a little food for any kind of catastrophe. But if you're going to be on the boots on the ground in this great revival push, you're not going to be hiding out somewhere in a cave. We're going to be teaching and preaching the gospel. Jesus said in Matthew 24 that this gospel will be preached to the whole world, then the end will come. The church, I believe, will be in full evangelism mode 
once some of these big major prophecies happen and they realize we're right here towards the end time. The church is not fully mobilized yet. It's not. I'm in churches all over the place every year, all over the United States. And every church is not fully mobilized for revival. Some of them are. Some of them are just all in, 100% rolling. And the church is just growing like crazy. But not everyone. And so I believe there will come a time when the churches will be fully mobilized for revival. The Bible tells us that's going to happen. Now, we need to pray for peace. We need to pray for God's guiding hand in our lives and God's grace to endure to the end. The Bible says in uh, Matthew chapter 24, He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. We will need God's leading and guiding hand in our life to be saved. Uh, and make and make it navigate these times that are just ahead. So make sure you've got a daily walk with God. You're praying and you're asking God to help you and studying your Bible. Become a good uh, a, a part of the body of Christ. Become a part of a good church, uh, a, a good Bible study. Things to help you along. You can't just live any way you want and make it. It doesn't work like that. You're going to be studying the Bible. How do I live here? What do I need to do? It's very very important. Now, let me get to another topic, another sign that we are living in the end time. And now I'm going to go to the um, State of Our Union speech by President Biden. You know that um, Luke chapter 17, verse 29 through 30, talking about the day we're living in. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. My father-in-law used to teach on prophecy when I was a kid. And he would say, the end times are going to be like Sodom and Gomorrah. And I thought, nah, I mean, maybe in some foreign land somewhere, not here in America. No way. But the older that I've gotten... When I was in high school, mid-80s, you never, you never really saw anything like this. I mean, I, I just wasn't ever around that. I went to a high school with 2,000 kids in it, and I never really saw. I saw one guy who maybe kind of acted a little different, but, you know, not, not an overwhelming, uh, uh, um, a, a lot of kids, and... But certainly not society just moving at it in this big mass. But according to Luke, think about this. Just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, societal conditions will be just as it was in the days of Noah and Lot. Yes, people will be living lives as normal, but that's only part of the prophecy. In the end time, Luke was saying, uh, Luke in, in, in the... Um, in the book of Luke, that Luke 17, that in the end time, sinful lifestyles will so permeate society that God is going to have no choice but to come back and judge those who celebrate, participate in, and propagate those sins. L- let me say that one more time. Who celebrate, 
participate in and propagate those sins. So, you know, I'm, I'm never going to, I would never participate in a parade that celebrates those sins. Or I would never be anybody that advocated for people who wanted to live in those sins and things like that. I would love the people and I would share the gospel with them. But I'm never going to propagate those sins and those lifestyles. So um, Luke refers to Sodom and Gomorrah. In the days of Lot, when Lot come up out of Sodom and Gomorrah, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah disregarded God's definition of a moral lifestyle by yielding to every sexually perverted desire. And the Bible says, and don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. Those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. That is the um, book of Jude, chapter, uh, Jude chapter 1, verse 7. Now, the, the prominent sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was the sin of homosexuality. That's where the word sodomy comes from. However, that's not the only sin. The book of Jude says every sexual perverted desire. They just During that time, the moral compass was erased from society. And the book of Luke tells us that in the end time, societal conditions would be like that. Now, again, when I was a child, I thought, no, man, no way. I never, not America. A Christian nation, right? Well, then... Let's, that brings me to many things I could talk about for days, but let's go to Biden's State of the Union address last night. During President Biden's State of the Union. Now, this is the President of the United States of America. The Bible, or uh, not, the, not, not, not the Bible. <laughs> the President, uh, his State of the Union speech, he stated this, and I'm quoting. He says, And for our LGBTQ, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, plus Americans, let's finally get the Bipartisan Equality Act to my desk. The onslaught of the state laws targeting transgender Americans and their families is wrong, Joe Biden said. As I said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I will always have your back as your president so you can be yourself and reach your God-given potential. So, when we get back from the break, I just want you to know really what that means and what the ramifications of that are. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. These sexual desires, any perverted sexual desire would be permeate our society. It's the book of Luke, chapter 17. And so let me give you a history. I'll bring you up to today, but I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at this Joe Biden's State of the Union address. In, in February of 2017... President, the Trump administration revoked federal guidelines that issued, issued by former President Barack Obama that allow public school students to use restrooms and other facilities corresponding to their gender identity. Whatever they, hey, I'm a guy, but I think I'm a girl, so you should be able to use a girl's bathroom. That was under the Biden administration. President Trump said, no, it's not going to happen. Well, According to Joe Biden's presidential campaign website, early on, if elected, Joe Biden said, hey, hey, I will ensure young LGBTQ plus people are supported and protected in our schools and college campuses by guaranteeing transgender students have access to facilities based on their gender identity, allowing a boy who think, who's saying, I'm a girl, to go into a girl's restroom. In a school now, folks. Well, on his first day in office, Joe Biden stated that he would reinstate the Obama-Biden guidance revoked by the Trump-Pence administration, which would restore transgender students access to sports, guys playing in a track team and girls' track uh, teams and things like that, bathrooms and locker rooms in accordance with their gender identity. Now, when they said this, I thought, oh, man... Come on, there's no way that's going to happen. I mean, a, 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 a male changing in a girl's locker room, you know, that's, that's way out there for me. My mind won't even go there. Because if my girl was in there, you know, whoo, I, I don't know. But he, the, uh, he said that he would direct his Department of Education to vigorously enforce and investigate violations of transgender students and their civil rights. Well... Is this the America that we really want to live in as a nation? Think about that. A nation where a 16-year-old young man can decide, hey, I'm a female, and automatically be allowed to participate in, on girls' sports teams, uh, a six foot five, 275-pound male competing on, uh, you know, um, I don't know, playing basketball on a girls' basketball team, okay? Use their restrooms and change in girls' locker rooms. Now, this, this is the reality of what these people are talking about. And this, this is just one of the, the many alarming LGBTQ plus issues that Joe Biden is championing and that he, was, he would say, and I, I'm going to champion if I'm elected um, 
But he it now post that that he is he he did get in, I should say. And his campaign websites have stated that he will immediately reverse discrimination actions of the Trump-Pence administration. This was prior to being elected. And then go further to end discrimination against LGBTQ individuals. Now, he mentions specifically the Equality Act in his State of the Union speech. In 2019, when Nancy Pelosi proposed the Equality Act, Heritage.org reported on the Equality Act um, that Joe Biden spoke of in the State of the Union speech last night. And I want to make sure you understand what's going on because we just slid right through that speech. And if you don't understand the rem- there was many things I could talk about. I could go through that speech and just, you know, uh, talk about all kinds of things. However, I wanted to focus on this. I want you to understand the Equality Act that he specifically mentioned. Bring it to my desk. The Equality Act would force employers and workers to conform to new sexual norms or else lose their businesses and jobs. It's already happening, happened um, on the state and local level. You know the most high-profile example was the um, Colorado baker, Jack Phillips. His case went all the way to the Supreme Court after the Colorado Civil Rights Commission accused him of discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation when he declined to create a custom cake for a same-sex wedding. But he's not the only victim. Other cases involving disagreement over the meaning of marriage have featured florists, bakers, photographers, wedding venue owners, videographers, web designers, um, calligraphers, and public servants. And then it really affects women. The Equality Act would ultimately lead, it's not really equal at all, it would lead to the eraser of women by dismantling sex-specific facilities, i.e. locker rooms and things like that, Uh, sports, we've seen that happen uh, recently, and other female-only spaces. It's It's called the Equality Act, but it's not equal at all. Sexual orientation and gender identity laws that open up sex-specific facilities like bathrooms, locker rooms, to members of the opposite sex enable sexual assault. You say, well, I've never heard of that. It's already been reported. The concern with these policies is that predators will take advantage of the law, i.e., they've talked about putting male prisoners in prison that say, well, I'm a woman, and letting them go over to female prisons. Okay? These predators that would take advantage of the law to gain access to victims. Policies like um, these make women less likely to report incidents and law enforcement less likely to get involved, right, for fear of being accused of discrimination. These policies also leave women at a huge disadvantage in sex-specific sports uh, and maybe some other activities as well, where it takes the uh, physical stature of a man to be uh, successful, maybe a construction job or whatever even though that, you know, women are very capable. I'm not talking about women at all. I'm just saying some things God made for a man to do. A guy that's seven foot one playing on a, a, a female sports t- uh, basketball team, you know, where they're, all the girls are six foot. But I, I want to go into an article here from the town hall. 
I want you to understand what's really going on right now. Matter of fact, I think it's, I pulled it uh, yesterday maybe, or maybe Monday. I think it's still up on Town Hall if you want to look at it. But I want to tell you, I changed the wording in the article to correct the pronouns based on the truth. Now, the article says, the article's from the town hall, the article title is University of Pennsylvania, UPenn. Officials have reportedly ignored complaints about Ice, uh, William, this guy, the, the guy who says he's a woman, his name is Leah, William Leah Thomas. It says that um, the complaints have not been heard about nudity in the women's locker room. So this is just a couple days ago. A letter was sent to Philadelphia city officials and school officials at the University of Pennsylvania regarding a biological male swimmer, William Leah Thomas, who is competing on the women's swim team. The letter obtained by the Washington Examiner brings up reports made by anonymous female UPenn, University of Pennsylvania, I'm going to call it UPenn from here on, these swimmers who feel uncomfortable and uneasy sharing the women's locker room with William Leah Thomas. The letter states that there is a potential violation of Pennsylvania criminal code and the University of Pennsylvania's sexual harassment, sexual violence, relationship violence, and stalking policy. The letter has gone unanswered and unacknowledged, the examiner reported. Now, if you got kids... Send them in the other room real quick because I want to make a statement here and I, I want the adults to hear it. So tell your kids, go in the other room. You're going to hear something on the radio that you don't want to hear or we don't want you to hear. So here we go. Thomas reportedly, this um, a male who think, saying he's a woman, Thomas reportedly still retains his biologically male genitalia, which is sometimes exposed in the locker room, and is still attracted to women, okay? Now, you can only imagine the problems that this would cause in the University of Pennsylvania's female swimmer's locker room. So they made this, they sent a letter, a huge complaint to the University of Pennsylvania. An unnamed female University of Pennsylvania swimmer who spoke to Daily Mail last month said, it's... It, the locker room, is definitely awkward because William Leah still has male body parts and is still attracted to women. The swimmer also said the issue was brought up to the coaches of the University of Pennsylvania women's women's swimmers team by multiple swimmers at multiple different times. They said, one of the girls said, "We, we were basically told that we could not ostracize William Leah Thomas by having him, the, the article said her, I say him, in the locker room, and that there's nothing that we can do about it. You're just going to have to deal with it. You got to, and they said that we basically have to roll over and accept it, or we cannot use our own female locker room. The swimmer told this to Daily Mail. I'm reading from the town hall. The examiner claimed in their report that there was that there are women on the team as young as. 17 years old. Again, this is the University of Pennsylvania's female swimming team. Furthermore, Thomas competed on the men's swim team at University of Pennsylvania 
for three years before joining the women's team. Thomas has been at the center of controversial this, of controversy this season. Why? Because he has broken several of the women's swimming records. Imagine these scenarios and worse, folks, will only increase exponentially if the Equality Act that Joe Biden was pushing in his State of the Union speech that he's pushing for is passed. Do you understand what we're talking about here? The Bible says that in the end, this scenario, this, in this end time that in society, some of these, thing, these ideologies would permeate society so much that many people would see a male who says he's a female would fight for his right to go into female's restrooms, female locker rooms, participate on female sports teams, and that it would be considered normal, and that society, I should say some people in society, would push for the LGBTQ plus to become normal. They would fight for their right for that. The book of Luke prophesies that it would be like that in the end time. I always thought, oh man, I don't ever see it getting that bad. But the Bible always, these prophecies always come to pass. And now you can see the ramifications of what President Biden was talking about in the State of the Union, just a couple little sentences. And the ramifications of that, how these young girls on this swim team have complained to their coaches in the college and they basically said, deal with it or you're not going to be able to use your own locker room. That's where we're at in 2022. My question to you today is, are we in the end time? Folks, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, we're in the end time just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I am imploring you, if you're not ready to meet him, should those clouds spill open and that trumpet sound, prepare yourself. Get in touch with a good church and get in touch with a good Bible study. God bless. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.